Okay guys, welcome back to our channel. For those of you that are new, welcome. For those of you that are returning, we love you so much. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so this week we're actually going to take you through probably one of the most chilling cases that we've ever covered. Erica doesn't know this yet, but um, so, so week before... <laughs> Sorry, your face. Um, weeks before the murders, a 17-year-old boy told multiple people that he was planning on killing his parents, but they just thought he was lying and being dramatic. But no, no, this MFR murders his parents and then proceeds to throw a rager with his parents' dead bodies still in the house. But before we get into the crazy details how of this I, case... How do I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Erica doesn't know what this case is about, so this one will be fun. But before we get into it, my name's Natalie. I'm Erica, and this is Drunken True Crime. Doom. For those of you that are new, listen up. We have a few disclaimers for those of you that are returning. We'll go through them really fast. So one, we talk about true crime. Two, we drink. Three, we cuss. Four, we actually laugh sometimes too because we're typically humans. making fun. <laughs> yeah, we're humans. And we're typically making fun of each other or the asshat murderers, but never the victims. So if that sounds like fun to you, grab your cocktails, grab those headphones and jump in because this case is absolutely in fucking sane. So this week. What's our cocktail for this week, Natalie? Yeah, so I like the name that you had, but basically it's really simple. Apple cider teeny. But it's not a teeny, so that's what, it's with whiskey. So like, all that to say, it's an apple cider whiskey drink. It's really good. It's delicious. It's very delicious. And this time we actually have two cinnamon sticks. Because I know. your girl went to the grocery store, finally. Unlike so. the drunken false cider that we did a couple <laughs> weeks ago where we yeah. only had one cinnamon stick. Yeah, that we like shared amongst us. But you know. I mean, I get this better. a five out of five martini glasses. Yeah, it's, it's really delicious. good. It is really good. But getting into the case, again, this one's a crazy one. So buckle up, buttercups, because it's going to be a ride. Pray so, for me, y'all. Yeah, for real. So... <laughs> This story takes us back to July 2011 to the great sunny shine, sunny shine, sunshine <laughs> state. My script, this is great. The sunshine shine. state um, that we call Florida. I so, call it the armpit of America, but okay. <laughs> um, funny enough. So we all know that Florida gets a bad rep. Casey Anthony. <laughs> Case in point. So if you're from Florida, we apologize, but it, it is what it is. Um, but there must have been something extra in the water. In July of 2011, because just 11 days after a Florida jury found Casey Anthony innocent, a 17-year-old Florida teen named Tyler Hadley murdered his parents, Blake and Mary Jo Hadley, and then proceeded to throw a party of a lifetime while his parents lay dead in their master bedroom. Well, he's like, that bitch got away with murder, so why can't I? Yeah, Florida, what is going what on? What is wrong with you, Florida? Um, but before we get into all that, we want to take a step back and talk about the victims and the family and what they were like before the murders. Mary Jo Hadley was born in Braddock, 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 Pennsylvania to parents Sam and Maggie. Just dive, just dive in and try it. Divertorio. Divertorio? Divertorio. That's it. She had two siblings, a brother and a sister named Sam Jr. and Lori. She was caring, sweet, and patient soul from the start, which is one of the main reasons she excelled at being an elementary school teacher. Her students, uh, a student described Miss Hadley by stating, no matter who you were, 
even if she didn't like you, she would never give up on you. And that's that's telling. Yeah, that really is because it's so hard being a teacher. I don't it's know how they so do it. It's so hard. Um, and for a student to say that, like no matter who you were and even if you were disrespectful to her, mm-hmm. like she was going to give you the time of day and be there for you. Wow. Mary Jo would go on to find her soulmate, Blake Hadley. Blake was a nuclear plant operator for Florida Power and Light. When the two met, they hit it off, and the rest is history, as they say. (laughs) After getting married, the two decided it was time to grow their family, and they would go on to have two boys named Ryan and Tyler. Tyler was the baby and was born on December 16, 1993, weighing in at just 3 pounds, 10 ounces, which resulting in him having to stay in the NICU for about a month. The family decided to move to Port Lucie to be closer to Blake's parents, Maurice and Betty Hadley. Now, the family was described as a close-knit, ordinary family. Although they enjoyed each other, they didn't go without their own struggles and fights. Right. Every family fights. As we say in this channel, there is no such thing as a perfect family. There's not. There's really not. So we tried to research Ryan, but not much is said about him in his younger years. Um, probably because when this happened, he was in his early 20s and people just wanted to protect him and respect his privacy, which I completely understand. Right. Now, Tyler, on the other hand, doesn't deserve that respect. So we're going to talk about this douche canoe, okay? Yes. Get in the deep, girl. (laughs) So Tyler was known as a sweet, polite, loving kid who was a mama's boy through and through. But his family does recall that there there was always something just off about him. Now, he seemed withdrawn and struggled with self-esteem issues, like even suffering from bulimia in his adolescence. Mm. Now, he was dealing with a wide variety of health issues, both mentally and physically, including acne, depression, a thyroid condition, and his mother even put him on human growth hormones. What the fuck? I know, which sounds horrible, but he was getting bullied and teased so bad that she thought she was helping him. Now, that coinciding I, I with like all the other stuff, though, like yeah, all the meds, probably? I think it's like questionable when it comes to per- that parenting decision. However, she thought it was, she was doing what was best she thought, for her kid. Right. right? Um, again, probably not something I would do, but this is the 90s, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to write it off as, like, you're a terrible mother. I'm just, yeah. was that the doctor suggested that? Or was she just saying, hey, I mean, he's getting bullied. Maybe this can help his self-esteem. Yeah, I think it was probably. Which, as a mother, you want to try to do everything in your impossibility to help right. your kid. So I understand that. Yeah, I get it. I wish, though, a doctor would have been like, eh, maybe not the best decision. But, you know, it's the 90s again. Who knows how it really went down. How would you but get it, it sketch. O- otherwise, though? No, I'm saying I... I'm hoping the doctor like cautioned her against it. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like showed her, like told her what the side effects could be of it. Um, But uh, who knows how it went down. But anyways. Now, when Tyler became a young teenager, he began acting out. At first, it was your typical teenage rebellion. Things like riding on the public bathroom stalls with Sharpies. I think we've all been there at one point in time. Natalie Cancun example. Yeah, so do you remember Cancun, that Mexican restaurant that my parents always took us to growing up? Hell yeah. Yeah, so there was this one that was like really close to my house growing up, and my parents loved it. And I was I was so young when this happened. I had to have been probably like eight. It but was like, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, bathroom stalls always had like writing on it. And so like I took a Sharpie in there one day, and I wrote it, but I literally wrote something like my initials Hearts gymnastics. So <laughs> my parents, 
immediately see this, right? And they're like, Natalie, we know that was you. And I was like, it wasn't me. And they're like, Natalie. You would never know it was me. We know it was you. They made me go up to the owners, apologize, and then offer to paint over the entire, like the entire (laughs) stall, like all of it, like for all of the bathrooms. Like, and I bet, like the owner said no, but I bet my parents, I want to put it above. love gymnastics. (laughs) So like, I would not put it above my parents to like beg them to be like, no, please let let her paint this <laughs> and put in the boys bathroom like while you're at it she should have to do that too anyways others examples of changing around christmas yard decorations and setting them um and setting them on fires small fires um i mean we used to call what we call deer hunting which is <laughs> i was did you go with us yes, okay yes. so it was natalie me chelsea katie. and katie we would all go deer hunting. And what that means is if there's a if there's a neighborhood where we found like those lit up deer, which I Around have like Christmas. I yeah. have them now, which makes it even better. Karma is gonna come out. Karma is gonna be a bitch. But like we used to like at night we'd we'd like go in the grass and like we'd wear all crawl. black. We yeah. wear all black and then arrange the deer in very provocative um positions. I bet like there's Karen's out there now that would like arrest us for doing this. Probably, but like, they wouldn't know it was us. Because we're so stealthy. <laughs> but for real, there's cameras everywhere now, too, on everyone's houses. Like, we would totally get, like, in serious trouble doing well, this. Well, I'm not, I'm not doing it now, but I'm just saying no, what I'm we used saying, to do. No, I'm just like, how much fun was it? And now kids can't do that. It was sad. so fun. Yeah, it was a bonding We time. would get shot now if we did it. But we would. Well, we would that, totally get shot To now. be fair, that was still, like, some of the places we went, that was still a very large possibility that that would have happened. That's too. true. But we just <laughs> but, risked it. Yeah, we, we did. Risked we are rebels. However, Anyways, we're not like Tyler, though. We're not like we're Tyler. We're not like Tyler. We, we just sense. we just rearranged the deers in very um, sexual positions. We didn't start small fires. Yeah, we didn't start we didn't small fires. We did the whole toilet paper rolling and, yeah. you know, re- like we did deer hunting, but that's about it. Yeah. However, things would quickly escalate for Tyler. Um, breaking windows, stealing. Um, he would have huge fires. Um, and even in June of 2010, he also hit and injured a child while driving in his dad's car. Yeah, so literally one time him, him and his friends set a couch on fire in the River uh, Wildlife Preserve, which turned into this like massive fire that like really damaged this like wilderness area yeah so like really big big things hitting someone like hitting a child with his ca- dad's car when he shouldn't like have on been purpose driving. did he drive no. away no 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 he wasn't it, this was not intentional oh okay um, but, but did he drive away i you know what i don't know i don't know did it go as specific with that no okay no because he was a juvenile when it happened so it's not like i can see the records but it did come out and the like um during the I, we already told you he killed his parents, but during the actual uh, case mm-hmm. against his parents, um, it came out, but no, there weren't specifics. So he started drinking at the age of 12, and by age 15, he was smoking and what my husband calls the devil's lettuce. <laughs> and by 16, he was starting taking pills, including Xanax, Percocet, Oxycodone, Ecstasy, and DMT, which is a hallucinogen. And you know what just popped in my mind? Oxycontin, Xanax bars, Percocets, and lower tap. Volume morphine patches, ecstasy, and it's all up for grabs. What you want, what you need. Hit me up, I got you, man. What you want, what you need. Hit me up, I got you, man. That song alone got me through abnormal psych. I'm just. That's just, how I graduated with my masters. I just want y'all to know that that is not in the script. We have not heard that song in probably 10 years. 
Eight years. Please. Well, I, I haven't heard probably it in like eight year. years. <laughs> Fair. In eight years, I'm proud of us. <laughs> Anyways. So that was excellent. High yes, five. Good job. That's why we're besties. <laughs> he was skipping school. He was abusing alcohol and drugs, including mar- marijuana or the devil's lettuce. Um, he seems like every parent's dream kid. Yeah. Like, they all, I mean, kids all have their issues. Parents all have their issues. Obviously, Tyler was going through some issues yeah, he was, that he, he was couldn't having, figure out. He was having. And that's the, ther- that's like the social worker therapist in me. I'm like, stuff's going on that we cannot figure out. We got to get to the bottom of. Yeah. He was struggling for sure. Yeah. On April 10th of 2011, Tyler got hit in got into a fight at a party and was charged with aggravated battery. The judge ordered him to a week in jail or county jail and was placed on house arrest for two weeks after that. Yeah. So again, to Erica's point, he was getting he was getting into it, right? Getting into it. So as punishment, Mary Jo decided to take Tyler's phone away from him. However, he did still have access to his computer, so he was still able to communicate with his friends via Facebook Messenger. Now, this is what he wrote to his friend Isadora, which, an amazing name, by the way. I love that name. Isadora. So so I'm going to say the name, what he said, and so Okay, you be Tyler. Yeah. I be Isadora. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We're we're going to role play. Hope you like it. Tyler. Don't text me about drugs. What happened? My mom has it because I got arrested on Monday and she's flipping shit. I just got out today. Oh, shit. Fucking shit sucked. You bad kid. Just kidding. It's a pirate's life for me. LMAO. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't fucking associate with non-pirates. What? Okay, I'm done with all this nautical nonsense. Smiley face. You're so silly. What are you doing? Nothing, considering suicide. Why? Um, because I want to die, I guess. What other reasons are there? Are you being serious? Yes, I do want to die sometimes. Don't die. Smoke a bowl whenever, whenever you're down. I used to. Now I drink a lot when I'm depressed. It fills the emptiness inside of me. You're quite a character. Smiley face sticking their tongue out. Yes, but all my smiles are fake. Oh, that's sad. That is really sad. That just brought me down a notch after singing Oxycontin (laughs) by a little white. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, So by June, Tyler was still acting out and getting into trouble. One Friday night, just a month before the infamous party, Tyler came home drunk as a motherfucking skunk. Okay. Now, his parents were absolutely fed up at this point, and they Baker acted his ass. Now, for those of you that don't know um, what the Baker Act is, so it's a law that allows a doctor, mental health professionals, judges, law enforcement, or parents, if the person is under 18, to commit a person to a mental health treatment center for up to 72 hours if they display certain violent or suicidal signs of mental illness. Mm -hmm. So this is actually fairly common. Yep. um, And... When I feel like when anyone does this, like they're at their wits end and they're they just don't know what else to do and they just want to make sure that the person is safe. So Mary Jo got him admitted to New Horizons, where she was hopeful that Tyler would get the help that he needed. And at first it appears that it was actually helping. Now Tyler received daily counseling and Mary Jo was hopeful that Tyler was finally over this hurdle of his rebellious stage and was returning to that sweet loving child she thought was underneath. But we will soon find out that this was all an act. Just two weeks before the infamous, infamous, why can't I say that word? I, I was going to say it's spelt right. I don't know. <laughs> Just two weeks before the, inf, inf, Erica. two weeks before the party and the murders, 
Tyler traveled with his dad to attend a family reunion. His family recalls him acting completely normal, and his grandmother even stated, I didn't see any indication there were any problems between Tyler and his parents. However, just a few days later, on July 2nd, after getting his phone taken away again, he Facebook messaged his friend Mercedes saying, you, we're going to role play again. Okay. You be Tyler, I be Mercedes. Okay, Tyler. LOL, yep, she's a cunt. Faux shell, I might kill her. Oh my God, no jail. Or I mean prison, LOL. Oh, well, heart. (laughs) Jesus, Tyler. Now, this wasn't the first time Tyler had joked about murdering his parents. So when Tyler was actually just 10, he told his friends Mark and... Okay, when Tyler was just 10 years old... You're about to say Mark Anthony or Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) So when Tyler was just 10 years old, he told his friend Mark Andrews, who lived down the street from him, that he was going to kill his parents after getting into a fight with his mom. Now, Mark was able to calm Tyler down, and Mark just kind of wrote this off as a young boy getting overly emotional, right? However, fast forward to summer of 2011, and for weeks leading up to the party, Tyler mentioned to multiple people that he wanted to kill his parents. So once again, no one really took Tyler seriously here. They just thought he was being a testosterone-fueled teenage asshat who was just mad at his parents for disciplining him, right? So That's some strong words, though. <laughs> that was hard to get out. Those were... So the week of July 10th, Tyler starts spreading the message around school that he is going to throw a party. No one really believed him because he knew how strict his parents are and that they would never allow it. However, Tyler said that they would be out of town, so no need to worry. Then on July 16th, 2011, at 11.25 a.m., he Facebook messaged his friend Antonio the following. We are going to do another role play since we're so good. (laughs) I'll be Tyler again. So, Tyler, sup, brah? Chillin', what do you do tonight? Trying to have a party at my crib. Your parents ain't home? Nope. Well, they leaving soon, which he's leaving. Yeah, leaving soon. He has a typo. Um, then at 12, 15 PM, he posted on Facebook party at my crib tonight, dot, 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 maybe finally at 8, 15 PM that night, he posted another message on Facebook saying party at my house, dot, 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 HMU, which hit me up. Oh, I was like, how about you? But uh, it's no, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of second guess myself too, because we're like old as fuck, but like, I'm pretty sure he's referring to hit me up here. So kids start showing up. The alcohol starts flowing. The drugs start coming out. Now, this party got pretty big. So over 100 kids showed up, and the majority of them didn't even know Tyler because Tyler was by no means what we would call popular at his high school. Now, people do recall Tyler acting strange all night. Many stated that he was obviously rolling, which we'll later find out that he took three ecstasy pills at the beginning of this night. Holy shit. Yeah. He yeah. must be filling every wall. Right. Just it was. <laughs> I mean, I've it. never done E, but like. <laughs> do, is, do people call it that? E? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I was trying to be cool there and I was like, that doesn't roll off have the you, tongue very well. <laughs> have you ever done E? <laughs> At the beginning of the party, Tyler seemed concerned with making sure the house didn't get destroyed. He was yelling at people for smoking inside. However, by the end of the night, all fucks were thrown out of the window. People were smoking inside. They were throwing beer bottles everywhere, just completely trashing the place. Which is like absolutely astronomical. Because like in high that's school. That's so disrespectful. That's so rude. Like in high school, we did not do that. Like no. we had, when we went to people's houses for we parties, were we did not do that. We were respectful of it. Yeah. Okay, editing Natalie here. Epic 
fucking fail. Um, our video must have gone out. However, the audio is still good, so we'll put up pictures to keep those of you that are watching on YouTube entertained still. But again, really sorry about it. Then um, Tyler took the weird act to a whole new level. Tyler, his neighbor Mark, and Mark's girlfriend left to go grab some more beer because they ran out. While Mark was inside the gas station, Tyler turns to Mark's girlfriend and said, My father died. Mark's girlfriend just assumed that he meant that his father has died a while ago. Then a few hours later, as Mark was leaving the party, um, Tyler pulls him aside and says, Jude, I did some things. I might go to prison. I might go away for life. I don't know. Dude, I'm really freaking out right now. Mark was like, what are you talking about? Tyler says, dude, I know you are not going to believe me. No one will believe me. I freaking killed somebody. To which Mark's beautiful soul responds, Dude, you killing someone is your own business. Don't be telling me that sort of thing. I don't need to know. Which, like, if you didn't know this kid that well, and he was like, yeah, I killed someone, and one, you're not really That is a like, loyal friend. Well, that's one. I feel like it's, like, kind of the opposite. He was like, dude, I don't, like, I don't want to be involved in this. Like, I think you're joking, but if you're being serious, like, I don't want to have, like, any involvement with this. Like, keep it to yourself. Right. Like, well, he didn't go tell the police or anything. He's like, just keep it to yourself. Yeah. Well. That's the dude that hides bodies with you. <laughs> <laughs> so rightfully so, Mark dips the fuck out right. and Tyler returns to the party. Now, one of the kids who had just met Tyler that night pulled Tyler aside to thank him for throwing the party and providing the beer. Nice fucking thing to do, right? To which Tyler replies, I just wanted to do something for be fun before I left. Where are you going? I'm going to kill myself. Why would you do that? Because I did something really bad. What'd you do? It can't be that bad. Don't worry. If I get caught, I'll be in jail for a long time. Now, mind you, this kid had just met Tyler, right? And he tells him all of this stuff. Oh, shit. So he was like, okay, dude, I'm going to go back over here and talk to the normal people because, like, you're freaking me the fuck out. Right. You know, I was just trying to say That's thank you. That's some heavy stuff going on right there, and I don't want to be involved. That's bringing me down. Exactly. Like, I'm just here to party. Right. Like, stop. Um, so Tyler also told his friend Kimberly, also named, <laughs> I can't say this without laughing. Okay. Kimberly. Also known as K Nasty. Oh, K Nasty, you girl. <laughs> that he was going to go away for 60 years. So when K Nasty asked why, Tyler <laughs> said, I know I can't, I can't say it without laughing. K Nasty. <laughs> but when K Nasty asked why, Tyler said that she would find out tomorrow. Now, like we said, there were over 100 kids at this party. The place was trash, but party goers remember it was it being really gross even before the party was really going. Yeah, sorry. They reported brown dark stains on the walls and tiles and even in the keyboard of the computer. Everyone just chalked this up to the soda or spilled beer from beer pong. One kid even remembers playing beer pong and states that the ball rolled under the table and got stuck in the sticky brown substance. He didn't think much of it and just washed the ball off in the sink. Well, he would later find out that the sticky brown substance was in fact not soda but dried blood. That's right. These kids played beer pong with a blood ball. Partygoers also recall that the master bedroom was locked and Tyler would get mad if anyone went near it. So around midnight... Tyler's best friend, Michael Mandel, arrived at the party. Now, Michael and Tyler had been friends for almost 10 years at this point, and they lived just a block from each other. Now, at some point around 1 a.m., Tyler pulled Michael aside and said he needed to talk to him in private, so the two decided to go outside, and they walked down the street to make sure that no one could hear them. 
Now, it was here, underneath the stop sign, that Tyler told Michael that he had killed his parents. Michael, not believing Tyler, said, yeah, right, dude. Like, you know, I, I get that. Like, if someone were to pull me aside at a party who's, like, obviously rolling oh, drunk. I'd be like, okay. Yeah, like, okay, bro. Okay. <clears throat> However, Tyler responded, Michael, I'm being real. I'm not lying to you. If you look closely enough, you can see signs. He then instructed Michael to look at the driveway where Tyler's parents' cars were, even though Tyler told people that his parents were out of town. Michael was still in disbelief, so Tyler took him to the garage and showed him a bloody footprint. Tyler then takes Michael to the master bedroom, unlocks the door, and Michael walks in to find blood everywhere and a huge pile of shit from all around the house. So things like dining room chairs, towels, magazines, etc. It was underneath this huge pile that Michael then saw a thick white leg sticking out. Mm. At this point, Tyler breaks down and tells Michael everything. So Tyler stated that the afternoon of the party, Tyler went around and hid his parents' cell phones so that they wouldn't be able to call police. So he planned this shit. Um, He listened to music to hype himself up, and then he took three ecstasy pills. He then went and grabbed a claw hammer out of the garage. He comes back in the house and finds his mother sitting at the computer. He stated that he just stood there for five minutes contemplating and pondering what he was about to do, and then he took the hammer and started attacking his mom. Mary Jo screamed out, why, over and over again. Oh, my God. Now, at this point, Blake hears Mary Jo screaming, and he runs into the kitchen and sees what Tyler has done. The two lock eyes, and the only word Blake could muster up was, why? To which Tyler screams, why the fuck not? He continued screaming this over and over again as he beat his father to death. Now, we've read the testimony of the medical examiner, and we aren't going to go through all of it because it's extremely gruesome, but we do want to read some of it because we need you to understand the magnitude of their injuries um, that was inflicted by their own flesh and blood. So first, we're going to start with Mary Jo. The ME testified that Mary Jo died from blunt force trauma and recorded 36 impact blows to her head and back. One blow was so bad that it left a large gaping wound where Brain tissue was actually visible. She suffered from internal injuries, multiple broken ribs, and one of the ribs actually lacerated her lung. So the Emmy also noted defensive wounds on her arms where she tried to protect herself from her own son. And I want to note that Mary Jo was alive and felt every single one of these blows. Bless her heart. I know. Blake, now he suffered 70 injury area. So he had 70 wounds. Um, with 36 different pattern injuries. So most of his wounds were on his chest, head, and back, indicating that he was fighting for his life at this time. Blake also had defensive wounds, 17 in total. So I'm sorry. So there were 70 injured areas, if that makes sense, with 36 different pattern injuries. Um, So only 17 were actually defensive wounds. Now, he had painful fractures to his legs and arms, His lungs had filled up with fluid, and he, too, had a large gaping wound in the back of his skull. Again, this is just a small glimpse into the brutal attack that Tyler performed on his parents. So now that we got through that, at this point, we're going to do five big gulps because we made it through that. That was horrifying. I told you this was one of the most gruesome cases we've ever covered. Okay, Okay. five big gulps. Ready? Ready? Go. Tyler then tells Michael that after the attack, he wrapped his parents' heads in a towel, drugged them into their bedroom, laid them face down on the floor, and threw the hammer in between them. He then started taking anything with blood on it from the kitchen and living room area and throwing it in the bedroom on top of his parents. He then spent the next 
three hours cleaning, which he didn't do a really great job because there was still blood everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler then went on Facebook, announced he was having a party, and then proceeded to throw this rager. Now, at this point, Michael is obviously in complete shock. He viewed Tyler's parents as his second parents and still could not wrap his brain around the fact that Tyler did this. Now, Michael walks out of the bedroom, and you think that he would leave at this point, right? Mm. But no. Homeboy stays. He stays at the party for the next two hours, and he even takes a selfie with Tyler later on in the night. What kind of fucked up shit is that? Right, exactly. So when questioned about this, Michael states that he knew that he was going to call police on Tyler um, when he left and just wanted a few more hours with Tyler because he knew it would be their last. And I will say, if you look at the, if you look at the selfie... They're not happy. But Michael then goes on to say, and I quote, if you were in my shoes and that guy was your best friend, you wouldn't want to leave right away. I know how heinous and sick this is and you know what he did, but you wouldn't have run away because you're comfortable with this guy. You didn't see him as a sick killer, even though he was one. I still think it's weird, but like a part of me kind of gets it. And he does call police on his friend, but it's still kind of fucked up. You still went on and partied with this guy after he killed your second parents. Honestly, I don't think I could continue partying. Yeah. But I would be there when I would make, if you did that, I would make you call yeah. 911 and I would stay there with you. Yeah. And now, there is a rumor going around the party that the kid, because again, not everyone knew Tyler at this party, killed his parents then around two someone announcing there is another party many kids retreat get in their car and peel away as the dumb teenage boys will do what my husband will still do from time to time as well and your husband my husband for sure (laughs) 100 percent still does that this commotion pissed the neighbors off and one was so fed up karen with the party that they finally called the police just a little while later, two officers from Port St. Lucie Police Department arrived at Tyler's house. It was obvious that there had been a party, but at this point, the 20 kids that still remained all hide in Tyler's bedroom, silent and afraid they were about to be busted. But nope, the police talked to Tyler for a little bit and they just leave. The party starts back up and the kids that had left originally, they start coming back because the other party was in fact not, not happening. happening. Like okay. some kid just said this. Yeah. Okay. So the party continues. Tyler's weird antics continue. The rumors continue. And finally, Michael leaves. Before leaving, though, he hid the 10 Percocet pills that Tyler told him he was going to use to commit suicide. After Michael left, he called the Crime Stoppers hotline and told them everything. Michael, however, wasn't the only person to call. Multiple people from the party also called police. It's not an emergency, just it kind of is. Just someone had a party tonight, and someone reported that this kid had killed their parents. He told me that the kid tied up, and he was like, uh, he, he told me, uh, like, he told me that, like, the gist of it, that he did something to his parents, and I was like, bro, I don't want to know any details. He said he already called and reported everything to Crime Stoppers. I was just calling because I felt like I needed to. So at 4.32 a.m., officers returned to Tyler's house. Because remember, they were already there earlier because of the neighbor who called right. about the party. They go up to the door and knock. Now, Tyler answers and police immediately recall that he seemed frantic, disheveled, strung out, and annoyed that police were back. Tyler told police, quote, I know I'm going to Rock Road, so just take me. Which, 
Rock Road is the local jail. That's what he was referring to. Police put Tyler in the squad car and then enter the house where they find the crime scene and eventually find the bodies of Mary, Joe, and Blake. Now, Tyler was obviously arrested at this point, and the rest of the family was notified. Now, Ryan remembered Tyler's older brother, who had just moved out of the house six weeks earlier to attend college in North Carolina, said he was in absolute shock. Now, in this entire case, I think Ryan is honestly the biggest victim. Not only did he lose both of his parents, but he lost his brother in the process, too. In addition, Ryan had to deal with everything after the murders, planning the service, figuring out the wills, petitioning to where Tyler couldn't receive any of their parents' estate, and worst of all, he technically became Tyler's legal guardians. The strength of this kid, and remember, he was only in his early 20s at the time. Yeah, I mean, think about having to deal with all of that, go through all of the legal aspects of all of those things, and grieve the loss of his parents and his brother, and realizing that it was at the hands of his brother. Like, that's insane to have to go through all that. He planned the service of his parents in which over a thousand people attended. After the service, Ryan stated that he was going to go and see his brother in prison, stating, it's what my parents would want me to do. They wouldn't want me to abandon him. I don't know what I'm going to say. I probably will just sit there and cry. It's astonishing to me the difference between the two kids who grew up in the same household. How can one brother go to be a productive member of society while the other goes on to murder his parents? It's baffling. It's scary. Like, it's so scary. I mean, I know, I don't know, I have lots of brothers. And we're all, like, a little bit different. But, like, I feel like our moral, like, compass is all still the same. Mm-hmm. Right? Genetics like, go only go so far. I know, but, like... My point being, though, is if they were raised in the same house by the same people, that's that's nurture, too. And they nurture. Were, they were raised in the exact same household. So how was it? And they're not that far apart in age. So, like... Nature. How... But they have the same genetics. Yeah. That's my point, is, like, they have the same genetics. They were raised in the exact same household. You know, it, it's just astonishing. As just so everyone knows, although Ryan struggled a lot after his parents' murder and still struggles to this day, he does have a happy ending. He lives in the Great Smoky Mountains in North Carolina with his wife and their puppy. He even co-wrote a book with his therapist that helped him work through his grief. And the book is called A Thousand Fireflies and is available on Amazon. That is beautiful. I know. So if you want to, it's really actually very touching. It's really, I don't know, listening to their story, it's, it's really inspiring and it's it's very sad still too because like it talks about the grief that he went through and like dealing with all those things again at the age of 20 um, and it just being such a shock because again no one in his family really saw this coming like yeah he was troubled yeah he was getting into trouble but like you could say that about so many kids right you know like it wasn't like terrible trouble he wasn't like killing puppies or like you know going out and like attacking like people but but that's yeah. what, I mean, that's what baffles me in the Maddie Clifton <clears throat> case, too. Like, that yeah. kid, I mean, he was troubled. He had he had signs, but you wouldn't think that he would go ballistic on, yeah. a, but on just a, a, like, nine-year-old. Yeah, yeah, an eight-year-old, dude. Or eight-year-old. She was a, I only know that because I literally just posted that. Yeah, he was a class clown and just snapped, to your point. Right. It's terrifying. Anyway, so now Tyler, on the other hand, continued to be the same douche canoe um, that he was at 17 years old. Wonderful. Now, he reportedly told inmates in prison, you should have come to the party. It was awesome. He then bragged to his friends about his fame from the murder, stating, when this shit went down, it went worldwide. I was the second most popular story after the economy. What? The-? So he gets fan letters, which is so fucking disgusting. Like, 
just be better people okay overall just be better okay and he responds to these fan letters and <clears throat> sorry I'm making fun of him and signs it hambo short for hammer boy you are a disgusting human you're being you're a fucktard he also signs autographs for prisoners with hammer time this kid is so fucking disgusting and I say kid because I don't think I honestly don't think he'll ever grow up like I I really don't. He just doesn't get it. He doesn't. Like, there's something significantly wrong with this kid. So, now, since Tyler was only 17 when he committed the murders, he could not be sentenced to death. But the prosecution did pursue two life sentences. Before the trial, Tyler wrote a letter to his grandparents stating, I was just living my life as a normal 17-year-old kid, and next thing I know, I'm in the middle of St. Lucie County Jail. I ruined a lot of people's lives. I can't seem to forgive myself. I find myself crying a lot because of all the guilt. Every day I beg for forgiveness, and I ask God not to send me to hell. I don't want to go there. Father Michael told me that I, I, if I just confess my sins and repent, then God will forgive me for everything. I just can't get rid of all this awful guilt. It's swallowing me whole. I'm extremely nervous that I'm going to get a life sentence. It's making me pretty depressed, and I want to say I'm really sorry for all the grief I've stirred up. I know everyone thinks I'm a psychopath and all, but I really am sorry for everything. I've been praying every day for forgiveness and for a decent plea offer. I should get one since I'm. it's my first offense. I've feel extremely bad for Ryan and especially you and my other grandparents for the grief I've caused. I feel like Ryan doesn't love me anymore, but I know he does and he's just going through a rough time. It's so hard going through this. I'm scared and I feel so alone. Okay. So take a step back. I want to, I'm going to tell you how I felt about that. And then I want to know your reactions to that. Because to me, it just seems like he's talking about himself a lot. He's very self-centered and he's kind of like, pushing away all the feelings that everyone around him are feeling and saying, you know, I'm worried about how this is going to impact me and I'm sorry what it did to you, but like, let's, I'm the one that might get a life sentence. Like, I'm so scared about that. Like, bitch, please. You're lucky you're not getting the death penalty. Like to me, it just seemed very self-centered in a child again. Right. I mean, I, I didn't catch on until you said that, that it was very self-centered. What I just thought is that this is, he is writing something that he thinks people want to hear. Yeah, right. It's fake. It's all fake. It's not. Um, and I. it's interesting how he puts psychopath yeah. in that because I feel like that's truly how he sees himself now too. Yeah, I mean, uh, he just. He's, I truly think that he just wrote that to. Like appease. To appease people. Yeah. To um, feel like this is what people want to hear so he'll probably get a lesser sentence yeah he's probably hoping that this gets put in front of the judge so yeah. that they see that they him see as he's trying and remorseful and he's, he's so not. sorry for what he did when he's not no he's not at all you can see right through that i right? mean fucking hammer time are you kidding me that's my point is like i think he just like the fame that came out of all of this and that's what his focus was on and it's disgusting right Ugh, i can't stand him Now, in 2014, Tyler is eventually convicted and sentenced to two consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. At the sentencing hearing, when Tyler's Tyler's brother Ryan was asked what he wants to see happen to his brother, this is what he had to say. Well, I guess what I want is for him to get the maximum penalty possible, which I understand is life in prison without parole. So, later... 
(laughs) (laughs) Later, Florida's 4th District Court of Appeal overturned Tyler's original sentence and ordered a resentencing, stating, The trial court did not consider the correct alternative to a life sentence. Tyler was sentenced to two life terms, but Tyler's case will be up for review again in 25 years to determine if the life terms are still appropriate based on Tyler's conduct and behavior in prison, which is absolutely fucking disgusting. Is that because, like, of of his his age? age? Yep, exactly. So, in my opinion, this kid is exactly where he belongs. If he gets out, he'll just think that he got away with it. He'll brag about it, and he'll do this shit again because it brought him fame or clout or made him popular in his eyes I'd be curious to know like what how he describes it now yeah and like what his thoughts are now yeah to everything I mean it's almost been 10 years since the murders yeah I mean I don't I don't really know it's been over 10 years since the murders it's been 11 years now so I'm curious to know like how he feels now after a full decade yeah. To see if he actually grew up or if it's still the same kind of thought process of, oh, woe is me. Yeah. But like him signing that stuff and doing those things, that wasn't like immediately after. That kid was not 17 when he was doing that shit. Oh, I he know. He was older. Like, he was older because yeah. trials take forever. Right. But still, your, you know, frontal yeah. lobe doesn't completely form until 23. Right. So like I would be curious to know what he thought about now. Yeah. I could care fucking less what this kid has to say. And I know and I get it. Like it's really hard to sentence someone to that long at 17. I agree. I'm not big on sentencing kids to life in prison. But just how he reacted. Oh, I'm not. I'm not justifying his behavior in any way. Right. I'm just. That's just my own curiosity. Curiosity, yeah. like coming into effect. Um, like, de- does it change at all? Like, did is there he any grow change? Up? Did yeah. he grow up? Is he remorseful now? Right. Or is he a true psychopath that yeah. doesn't feel empathy? I I don't know. Uh, to your point, it would be interesting, but I I still think that he just looks at this as he got away with it, and he got fame out of it, but. Anyways. I think he would do it again. Yeah, if I do he too. were to get out, I do too. I one hundred percent do because he seemed like excited about all that came after it. Mm-hmm. Like he seemed like he found he, a place. He in felt prison. like there's he felt no, there's in prison. like little consequence, but a lot of reward because he had fan letters. He was yeah, you know, he was like popular all in over prison. the news nationwide. Yeah, like it was just gross. Oh, he's disgusting, but. Anyways, that is the gruesome tale of Tyler Hadley and the douche canoe that he is. And our thoughts and prayers go out to Ryan. I'm, you know, we're glad to hear that he has turned his life around and he has had a happy ending. But, like, that will still be a, such a black mark right. in his life. And he's never going to get over it. But no. at least he has found some happiness in this tragedy. So with that being said, though, friends, be, be a bitch and stay alive. alive. Cheers. Cheers.